1: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home
0: for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
2: I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. And Sherelle, basketball season is here. We've talked a lot about it on these shows, but we're finally here. Carolina, of course, beat Northern Iowa on Friday night, has Bucknell on the 15th. But let's talk a little bit of recruiting, Sherell. I know in season it's a little bit different, but signing day is coming and gone. And Carolina, at the time, had the number one rated recruiting class. Just speak to that and, and speak to you know, White, Black, and Little and their place in Carolina's recruiting class. And if there's possible, other guys out there.
1: Well, yeah, so uh, they signed last Wednesday, made it official. It is kind of weird because watching, and we'll get to this later when we talk about the current team, but watching Jalik Felton actually play for North Carolina is kind of surreal because he committed almost four years ago. And he's just now getting to North Carolina and playing his first game. So it's always strange to see some of these guys stay committed for so, or be committed for so long. Like Leaky Black, he committed at the beginning of 2016, so almost two years ago. Two years ago is kind of when everything started with his recruitment in North Carolina. But it's North Carolina's best recruiting class since 2014. At one point, like you said, it was the number one recruiting class. But I think more than anything it replenishes North Carolina's ability to score little and Kobe white are two guys who are just aggressive going to the basket and it'll give them kind of, you know, I, I don't like the phrase alpha males, but I know a lot of people like those. <laughs> it'll give them, um, two guys who have the potential to do that, even as freshmen to step in and be, you know, if not the leading score, the second or third leading score. And then Lakey, um, is kind of the, the versatility guy, kind of a jack of all trades, who can do a little bit of everything. So there are similarities to the 2014 class. It's not an exact match, but it's it's comparable to 2014 for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I think the Alpha Male deal, or you know, the pinson type player, at Pinson, of course, will be gone. Um, can those guys fill those shoes? I mean, Roy Williams' teams have always had a guy uh, that would get in your face, at least the good ones, the really good ones, and would Pinson out. Do you really think uh, Little and Kobe White have that in them, from the get-go at least?
1: I I think Little, they're both, it's funny because they're both off the court, very quiet, very reserved individuals. On the court, Kobe isn't that demonstrative. Uh, Nasir definitely can be demonstrative if he gets kind of into it but don't let their lack of enthusiasm or seemingly their lack of enthusiasm confuse kind of with their aggression and their tenacity on the court because both of those guys um, they play hard they play hard all the time uh, motor is not an issue for either either of those guys so I, I think that's going to be important uh, especially when you lose Joel Berry who kind of you know has that bulldog feel and Theo Pinson who I, I guess the you could say he has a lot of confidence in himself. So Nasir and Kobe will will be able to match that. You know, obviously, you can't really compare those two guys to seniors who have been through everything, but uh, they'll definitely, you know, I guess be the the next iteration of that for North Carolina. And then Leakey, you know, he's just very versatile. I mean, he could literally play positions one through three for North Carolina. I mean, you know, he could be a point guard. He can play some combo. He could play on the wing. He's up to six, eight and a half almost now. Um, So they like his
2: versatility. And that's something he has in common with Theo OpenSon. Looking at what's left out there, Romeo Langford cut North Carolina. Was that surprising to you?
1: Uh, not particularly. I mean, he had a great visit to North Carolina, but even when the Tar Heels first started recruiting him, they offered him after they offered Kobe White, and Kobe White had already committed. So it was a little um, surprising, considering Kobe can play some point guard, but I think his home is going to be, at least initially, off the ball, um, especially if Jaleek Felton were to return to North Carolina for his sophomore year. So it didn't didn't quite see the fit, because North Carolina already had Kobe White, uh, Andrew Playtech would be a sophomore. Kenny Williams would be a senior. Felton would to come back, he'd be a sophomore. Seventh Woods would be a junior. So they were already kind of loaded in the backcourt, um, and then they were going to add another guard in addition to Kobe. It seemed like Roy Williams just it was a it was a nice to have kind of a want more than a need.
2: But they'll be fine because you know they already have Kobe kind of the spot. When folks talk Zion Williamson, and I just ask you this to ask this question: it, How much does it matter for guys to have? Guys, they really know and maybe really like on the team. Uh, Nazir Little, I know him and Zion Williamson, you know, Little's been recruiting him as hard as he can, but it, does that matter as much as people seem to think it does? I think it's more of a tiebreaker. Um, if you're down to two schools and one has someone you
1: really like and everything else is equal, then maybe that pushes you over the top, but it, it doesn't happen very often where someone chooses to go to a certain school simply because another person chose to go to that school. There are a couple of cases over the last few years, but most of the time either um, the school was already a place that uh, that particular player was interested in, or like I said, you know, it's kind of a tiebreaker deal where, hey, my, my friend is at this school, so I might as well go there too since I don't particularly care, you know, of these three finalists, which one I go to.
2: So aside from Williamson, is is pretty much done on the 18 class, or are they? How do you, How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, that's the way it looks right now. Um, obviously, things can change in the spring. Uh, they've had a, a few guys they've added in the spring in recent years. Cam Johnson, Garrison Brooks. People forget that Kenny Williams was committed to VCU. Shaka Smart left and went to Texas, and then he signed with North Carolina. So has three players in the last four years that have signed with North Carolina in the spring. So I wouldn't put it past them to see, you know, especially depending upon who goes to the NBA, who comes back next season. Just you know, they they have the scholarship potentially if someone leaves early. So it's something I'm sure they'll monitor. But I don't think it's a necessity, considering how great Luke May looked the other night. Garrison Brooks seems to be ahead of schedule. Nasir Little can uh, play some three and play some four in small ball. So they have the positions covered. It's just a
2: matter of whether they really want to fit someone else in in 2018. Let's shift to that first game of the year, and you talked about Jaleek Felton, and I'll start with him simply because. You're right. It's kind of weird to see him finally out there and then to roll out there with the starters. Your thought on finally seeing him in a North Carolina uniform on the court playing for North Carolina?
1: And like I said, it was it. it was, honestly it was kind of surreal because we've been covering him for so long. And for him, it, you know, it's a dream come true. It He was of all the players we've ever covered. I don't think maybe Isaiah Hicks, him and Isaiah Hicks were the only ones we knew regardless of what happened they were coming to North Carolina I mean the first time we interviewed Jalik was maybe four years ago we went to his high school when he was down in Mullen South Carolina and we asked him like okay so what are you thinking about college we know it's a few years off he said I'm going to North Carolina that's it and I said okay well if North Carolina doesn't offer what's going to happen there he said I'm going to North Carolina so (laughs) I'm sure for him it was a huge moment uh I think he played Pretty well. You know, there's some things to improve upon. It's his first, you know, real college game, but he set up the offense. Um, You know, he hit a three. So that's always good from your starting point guard. I think he just, you know, is allowing himself to get lost in the game a little bit. That's going to be the key. We've heard it over and over throughout the years from freshmen who play at North Carolina. The key is to not think too much. Think some, but don't think too much. Uh, Keep your instincts and just go out there and play. And the sooner he does that uh, and the sooner Joel Berry comes back, then I think
2: North Carolina really will have a dynamic backcourt. Do you think Berry being out, and a lot of people say this, but do you think it's a, a blessing in disguise or do you think these guys really need him on the court to sort of lead them, show them the way in actual live action?
1: I think they've seen enough from him um, throughout the summer and then early in training camp, in the secret scrimmage, um, you know, all throughout the first few practices. So I, I think they know what he expects of them and uh, they know what Roy Williams expects of them. So I don't, I don't see really a downside to it. I think it's good for seven. I think it's good for Jaleek, uh, even good for Benson just to have the ball in his hand a little more. Um, that's something he excelled at in high school. He, he pretty much played point guard his senior year of high school. So it, it's, it's good because it'll get them more comfortable. And Barry talked about in his interviews with inside Carolina over the summer, that sometimes he just needs to conserve his energy a little bit so he can't really push the ball every single possession because he needs to be the defensive stopper for North Carolina. So all that add all that together, and I think it's a good thing. And, you know, I I don't think it'll be more than a couple more games without Barry anyway, and North Carolina already has one win, so it it doesn't seem to be a downside to me.
2: Garrison Brooks, you mentioned him being the head of schedule. It is the first game of the year, but I agree. He looked pretty good. He looked – I'll say him and Manley both – Looked better than I expected um, after reading the boards, hearing from some of the people that watched practice. They, it is Northern Iowa, but Northern Iowa had a decent front court. Your thoughts on how Brooks looked, and then you know Manley looks like he can be at least serviceable for Roy Williams at times. So
1: this isn't—I'm not comparing Garrison Brooks to this person, but I don't know. You know, for those of you who follow North Carolina football, the the thing about Marquise Williams was was that, oh, you know, he doesn't practice well, and he never really showed the coaches anything in practice. But then when the lights came on, I mean, he played really well and obviously led North Carolina to the uh, ACC championship game. Now, I'm not inferring that Brooks has a a practice problem. It's just that you just don't know what these guys are going to do until they actually get under the lights, um, under the pressure, real game pressure, and he definitely acquitted himself well. And it's just always interesting to that first game just to kind of see how what you're hearing – um, meshed with you know what you see on the court. And I think pretty much a, a lot of it was accurate that Brooks was ahead of the other two bigs, that Manley, um, once he gets in condition, can really do some things, that he has some skill, um, and that Huffman was a little bit further behind and it's going to take a little while to catch up with the other two. So I, I think that showed in the game. And you know those guys, they've got a whole year to develop and, and get better. And Brooks being ahead of
2: schedule already is a good sign for North Carolina. Let me back up for a second. I meant to ask you, and I didn't. Were you surprised Felton started over Woods? I mean, Woods has been there uh, for a year longer. Felton. Some people said he better learn how to play Roy Williams type basketball. So, were you surprised?
1: I, I was, to be honest. Roy Williams. You know, he likes his he likes his comfort zone. He likes to be with people who have been in the system and you know seventh started uh, a couple games last year with Barry out I think he started I think it was Tennessee that he maybe started last year uh, alongside Nate Britt I'm not 100% sure but he got a lot of playing time at point guard last year and he served sometimes as the primary backup um, during ACC season so I thought the next step would be when Barry's
2: out he's the guy but Feldman was on the court and honestly they both played pretty well for that first game of the season. Yeah, it is a long season. We are just at the beginning, uh, but we had a debate on this podcast, Ross, Greg, and I, and I said, I asked the dumb question that, do you think Luke May would be the starter in there if and Greg basically said, yes, he's going to start every game of his college career from here on. But we also discussed the possibility of May averaging a double-double, and I know it's the first game, but the game he had, um, if he's worked on his game and his proof is has improved as much as he showed there. Granted, again, before people think we're crazy, it's Northern Iowa first game of the year, but May looked awfully good and and he looked like he was in charge out there, uh, which bodes well for Roy Williams.
1: Yeah, so get the caveats out of the way. First game of the season, not a great opponent, et cetera, et cetera. That was by far the most intriguing storyline to me, the biggest surprise. Luke May, I mean, he looked like an All-American. And I know some people are going to be like, Sherelle, what are you talking about, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, he had 26 and 10, and it didn't look forced. It didn't look like he was – there was nothing fluky about it. Everything he did, he had supreme confidence. I mean – his threes, there was no hesitation. He had a a pump fake, pull up jump shot, no hesitation. Uh, a couple of hook shots in the post, no hesitation. And his scoring came from every level of the court. He scored in the paint. He scored in the mid range. He shot from three. I mean, he did everything you could possibly ask for. And I, I for one, I just I never, I don't think anyone, if they're honest with themselves, can say that they expected Luke May to ever score twenty six and ten in a regular season game in which North Carolina won by seventeen points. I just don't think that's they're not being honest with themselves that they told him that. Not because Luke May, you know, didn't have the capacity to play for North Carolina, but you know, he's on the front line now. He's he's a star really for North Carolina after what happened in the Kentucky game. And you can tell that's really helped him, um, his confidence. You can tell he's worked hard over the summer and I mean he just looks like he looks like he can do a lot of things for the Tar Heels this season. Completely surprised, Tommy. I mean just I just can't I can't understate how how shocking and how just amazing it is that he's been able to raise his
2: game from what it was to what it is now. Yeah, and when I saw the final box, uh, I was 26 and 10, are you kidding? That is nuts. Yeah, I, I said it uh, several weeks ago. If he averages anywhere near a double-double, 15 and 10 or so, he's going to be in contention for some high all-ACC numbers. Still early, but I, I think he is uh, legit. Sheryl, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about maybe around the ACC, around the country, early in the college basketball season. We'll be right back.
0: Some brands offer you low finance, or cashback, or servicing.
2: Renault don't do
0: ors. We do ands. The Renault Cajar, with 1.91% APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance. Or cashback. Or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Cajar With 1.91% APR. And 1,000 euro cashback. And 3 years servicing. Saving you thousands. Renault. The brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject
2: to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Everybody likes to take the first game of the season or the first couple games of the season and make a big deal about it, just like we're doing on this podcast. But, Sheryl, your thoughts maybe around the conference on the first weekend or first four or five days of the college basketball season. It's been quite interesting thus far.
1: Yeah, it it has. Um, you know, we're through the first weekend. Most, a lot of teams played two games. Some only played one. Uh, there was a couple of bad losses in the ACC. Uh, Wake Forest losing at home to Georgia Southern isn't necessarily great. And then, you know, obviously the the guys down the road, they have a very talented team. Marvin Bagley, I think, is is uh, as advertised. You know, we saw him in high school play a few times, and you know, he definitely looks like a guy who's going to be the number one pick in the draft now all, all the time that doesn't translate because sometimes guys come into a locker room and try to assert themselves and different things happen with chemistry but just off of two games he, he looks he looks stout uh nc state uh, i saw a little bit of bit of a little bit of their game i think it was against charleston southern today keats has a an up-tempo offense he likes to run so it'll at least be you know, more aesthetically pleasing to watch than his predecessor. Uh, And I'm always a proponent of having more up-tempo basketball in the ACC as opposed to some of the other schools who like to play in the forties and fifties and slow things down. So it's, especially in the triangle, it's, it was a a good weekend, I think for the triangle teams. And I'm just, you know, I'm interested to see how these graduate transfers and some of the freshmen kind of integrate themselves over the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, I love how when you read our message board, UK just beat Vermont by three, and that's the thing on this, I call the on Carolina boards. And I get it. And then Indiana gets whipped by Indiana State. Crazy things happened earlier, early in the season. I think folks tend to forget Santa Clara, and there's been some other games in there.
1: Yeah, uh, and I, you know this day, this game on Wednesday isn't it's not a pushover. You know, just people see Bucknell and they're like, oh, you know, North Carolina should win that game, but They just took Monmouth to overtime, and we know Monmouth is a good team and that they're well-coached by King Rice. So strange things happen in November basketball. I would advise everyone to take everything they see until ACC play starts with a grain of salt because a lot of coaches are experimenting. They're trying new things. They're getting new players integrated into their systems in live game action, and that kind of stuff just takes a while. You're not going to be who you are at Game 35 and Game 3. It just doesn't work that way. So. I would advise everyone to, you know, you can you can use what you see to make some conclusions, but don't make your final conclusions
2: based upon November or December basketball. I agree with that 100%. Tell me a little bit about before we get out of here, how does recruiting change during the season, in your mind, for these coaches especially?
1: So it's, it's a little different because obviously they have practice, um, but at the same time, it's more structured because they're able to go see players practice so for example uh today <clears throat> excuse me today we Williams today we're recording this Sunday night so last night Roy Williams flew to Cleveland to watch a 2009 prospect we have a, a little report up on the uh on the message board and on the front page he saw a 2019 forward Alonzo Gaffney so he can make trips like that during the week he asked for Gaffney's schedule you know he'll probably go back up there at some point he's done the same thing with Leaky Black and Wendell Moore down in Cox Mill to do the same thing with Kobe so it's not as frequent but it's more watching games and watching practice than it is just watching open gyms
2: good stuff Sherelle it'll be fun we'll have to do these podcasts we'll have to do some post-game podcasts cannot believe basketball season's here and Carolina's still playing football crazy time of year for Inside Carolina Sherelle look forward to it yep appreciate it
1: thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC
0: Sports Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.